podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listener, to the Anfield Index podcast. We are here this week for episode 269, and I am Trev Denning. I'm podcasting to you as ever from my agrarian paradise here in my field in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined, as always, by Carl Kopak, by Cam Branch. And in the background, producer Guy Drinkle has promised that he'll be on the show next week. So that's something for us all to look forward to. But in the interim, I'll speak to my two compadres as ever. Um, I'm going to reverse it because we've got a way of tweaking the start of the show this week. So I'm going to go to Cam Branch for starters. TV's Cam Branch. Facebook Live's Cam Branch. He couldn't get off the screens last night. Couldn't get enough of them on the screens. Kicked back, laid back in insouciant style with a backdrop and uh, his usual wit and repartee. Did you enjoy all that crack, Cam? Oh, always, yeah. Desi's always a is good crack, yeah. Anybody who takes Desi seriously, like I said earlier, needs a head examining. So um, it's, uh, it's just about letting your hair down, isn't it? But yeah, it was different. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I was a bit nervous I, um, about having everyone being able to see me like that, you know. Um, so uh, I was telling gags before the show started. I had, to, had a couple of quick shots just to calm the nerves, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Did you? Hey, listen, pilots used to do it for years, Carl. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Denzel Washington landed that plane sideways and he was drunk. <laughs> you know. Uh I suppose I suppose the main thing, the main takeaway from it was um a good buzz and a good general promo, I thought, for for the channel, um, and a nice way of kind of getting the tribe together a bit. I, I I'd, I'd imagine I was looking at some numbers there on Discord earlier on, which seemed quite good. That I think it was Steve uh, Purdom had put up, um, and it looks as if I think it was uh, Steve W actually. Oh, was it? Sorry, yeah. apologies. It looks as if um, we're going to be able to split all the bits up individually and put them out in individual videos and podcasts. So. It's it you know overall I'd say it'll do quite decent traffic for us and 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 the, I thought especially all the contributors you expect them to be of a high standard we're used to that at this stage but the the two musical acts were fantastic mm, they were fantastic uh, uh, Ben Burke and the Ragamuffins they just uh, knocked it out of the ballpark the pair of them or the group and the individual did they were just brilliant. Um, you're just you're just singing along, weren't you? Every ah, oh, yeah. Uh, to be yeah. fair, now I, a bit a big fan of 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 the bits Ben did. I thought it was a great set, but I just loved the Ragamuffins tunes particularly. I thought, and it, you know, obviously when they've got the full band there um, playing together, it's, it was it was powerful stuff. I thought it was great. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the the actual real AI party that we have now. Hoping we'll get everybody there. Get obviously the ragamuffins there get ben burke there and i think we'll just have a wild night it'll just be something fantastic to look forward to it'll be a great way of coming out of lockdown you know celebrating hopefully what will be number 19 for the reds and um yeah i think i think it'll go down brilliantly 
You know you're dead right. That is something to really look forward to. And I, I'm hoping that um, restrictions will be eased to the extent that I'll be able to travel over for it and there won't be any nonsense where I have to uh, sign away a family member in order to get on the plane or, you know, give my DNA don't, to... Uh, don't to, worry, don't worry. We know people trust. We'll get it. <laughs> You've not it. met my family, but, you that, know. That, that we, sounds I, I've got, mind you, after last night, I'll probably be disowned if they see half the stuff <laughs> I said. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some, some very dark shade being thrown around <laughs> by yourself about I know Rinder wasn't letting you off the hook with the marriage <laughs> question, but uh, <laughs> they're all very close. Uh, uh, Rinder's got a date. He's, he's sorted. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a date. Yeah, God, it's a, it's 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 a it's a bit of an affliction poor Rinder has when it comes to young Kenna, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> definitely something there, isn't there? <laughs> There's definitely something there. He just he, he can't hold himself back. Bless him. Uh, it's lovely to see uh, love blooming in the time of COVID. Uh, Carl, I, if, if I'll just we'll leave it suffice to say that um, uh, Cam was was revealing quite a lot about the closeness of his family last night. <laughs> Are you referring to Ramona? Uh, I am. I am referring to uh, a certain a certain marriage that he went into a bit of excessive detail about. But what we'll do is we'll leave it there, uh, and we'll move. He's living in, in that house, Cam, or, or is that going to be moving soon? Uh, <laughs> actually, the day I've had today, uh, the shed is looking very appealing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> have, you, have you been in the doghouse? Have you? With uh, B? Very, very much. <laughs> Very much so today. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess you did take the whole four-hour thing and go all TV star last night. She's probably, <laughs> she's probably she's probably a bit put uh, out. Uh, Carl, how, how are things? How are things in uh, in that London? I've been um, I've been doing other shows on Anfield Index that don't involve you two. Yes, I've heard. I've heard them. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been uh, I've been headhunted. You were all you're Mike and Jim, right? By Messrs Nevin and Boardman, yeah. In uh, other words, they needed an arse to uh, talk about old football. <laughs> I, am, I imagine Jan was busy, so uh, they got in touch with me. And um, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to be on again for another Graham Sooness special. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been, I've been to tons of podcasts. Um, I don't think I've ever been in so much demand. At the <laughs> I'm only doing two a day. At the moment. You know, not, not just football. Obviously, I'm doing other stuff. I did my um, uh, my Ten Relentless in Place um, presentation yesterday. Which I'll talk about later on, and uh, yeah, been keeping busy, doing plenty of running. Uh, I did a speed session today. Amazed that the legs can actually run, but uh, yeah. What does what does this what does that now explain to a guy who's um, not necessarily up to the the lingo? What's it? What's a speed session? It's, it, it's basically if so, if you run three times a week, the idea is you do an LSR, a long slow run, which is way below your normal pace, but you just keep going and get the miles done um i'm no good at that you do your normal run your normal distance i'm no good at that and you do one speed session and i'm no good at that uh, but the idea being if you do a speed session a week it gets your heart rate up and it actually builds your stamina and i did my first one today and um yeah but so you know it's not for very long it's like maybe a minute at full full pelt so my uh, my right. heart rate went up from like uh, it was 52 rest and it went up to 170 in, in about a minute. Uh, I was absolutely pegging along in uh, in Kingsbury Park um, today. If anyone saw me, uh, but, and are you are, are you wearing a, a heart monitor? One of those ones that goes around your chest and no, I've got it's on the watch. It's on the watch. Okay. Yeah, 
Okay, okay. I know an awful lot of people use those for training in a serious way, and um, it seems to be one of the most most effective ways is of, is training to your heart specifically, which is yeah. an interesting thing. I never really got into it. I got I got um, really close to doing a marathon, and then I had a bit of a crappy injury, um, which stopped me, and I never got. I was I was up to doing something like twenty one, twenty two miles, um, uh, and I've never really gotten into that sort well, that's of that's all you need really what's that that should be our longest run 22 miles that exactly it should be but i wasn't really doing it properly i was doing it in a kind of sadistic way um masochistic yeah. way uh where i was just putting myself through the ringer i was enjoying the physical torture of it i mean you know i, I had that side to me carl i don't know if you were if you were um following the the exploits during the week but i did a 72 hour fast water yeah, fast. I saw that, yeah yeah i mean what does that involve, Trev? It involves literally nothing but water for seventy-two hours, brother. And um, why? Why would you do it? Well, there, there are, there are multifarious benefits that can accrue. For me personally, it was kind of a reset. I'd gotten into a, you know, basically, I was out. I've been outside all day working as if I'm like, you know, a farmer. Basically, like I've got lots of things to keep me busy physically here. So I've been doing a lot of physical, and I wasn't doing my exercise. And I was probably not eating as healthily as I normally would. I usually eat very healthily. And I was probably having, you know, probably a few times a week I was having wine, maybe three times a week. So I just said, I need to just do a proper reset here because I just felt it was getting into a bit of a rut. Okay. And I just thought that would be a way of starting it. But really, I had done a lot of reading around it, and it's good in terms of helping boost the immune system, which is something we should all be very uh, cognizant of at the moment yeah. it's 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 also good for resetting your uh, blood sugar levels um and for someone like myself who has you know potential migraine stuff that's can be quite an important issue so there were a lot of benefits to it yeah there were a lot I, of benefits I might look at that then because obviously I, I do i do intermittent fasting six days a week i have a cheat down sunday what's what's uh, your window what's your window if you don't want uh, to get technical uh, I eat between twelve thirty and seven thirty, so I'm doing uh, seventeen. So I'm doing seventeen hour fast a day, um, and seven hours of eat, eating time. Oh, actually, okay. I, th uh, I thought you meant that you were eating non-stop between twelve and seven because you're on a camp. <laughs> That's not going to do you any good, mate. Well, <laughs> on a Sunday, uh, I, I do try. <laughs> on my cheat day, I, I go all out. Um, but I've been doing a lot of cardio. Uh, since the lockdown started, um, I know this camp because we follow each other on Strava. So we I'm, do, uh, we do, and uh, I do you, give I, you I, many kudoses. So um, yeah. are you running? Are you I, running? Yeah, or I'm, I'm running as well, um, two or three times a week, uh, just five k. Um, and I, 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 I really do I, not enjoy it, but I'm. I, yeah. I envy you both. I envy you both the the, the running thing. I I did love it. I have to say, I loved it. It was something. I, it, I can get I can, I can get into my happy place and just have whatever podcast or music on. I'm just gone. I, I was in the zone, but that since I did my knee, I just can't risk it. I just don't want to risk it. So it just seems a little bit unnecessarily ignorant for a for a you know a 27 year old lad to be pounding the roads, you know, when he's got a dodgy knee. So I just decided. Uh, oh, what time did you have? <laughs> I, I, I had, oh, I'm 10 minutes out, Cam, to be honest. Uh, oh. I'm just, just going to, because I'm in the kitchen on my laptop, I'm just going to fill in the spreadsheet I've got on. <laughs> yeah, it's 
27. <laughs> it's, it's the youngest it's been for a while, to be honest. Will, will, will you put that up on Instagram, the colour-coded one that you've got? Absolutely, yeah. 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 I, I know you, by the way, I know you haven't noticed, but I haven't been on Instagram for about a year um, because I don't have a, an account anymore. Um, so I, I, I'm trusting that you boys are doing proper things with it uh, in the interim, but I'm, I'm going I'm to so join Say yes, Cam. Say yes. Say yes, Cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to join back up soon. Twice a day. Twice a day, me and Cam are updating that thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carl, you... Yeah, just going back to your uh, water fast, what intrigued me what, about what you said there was the blood sugar levels. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I, I do my IF, is because I want to get my sugar levels under control. Mm. Uh, but I'm sort of struggling with that a little bit still i have lost a lot of weight since the lockdown started i've lost about five kg have you yeah that's due to the due to the diet because it's very very clean um and the amount of cardio i'm doing wow 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 that's yeah. that's that's quite cool i'm down I'm to about not being, not, and a half kg now i was not, not I, being I fun just over 78 so <laughs> Not being funny, but you don't you don't strike me as a guy who had a huge amount of weight to lose. There's a fair bit of timber around the waistline. Right. Okay. So, um, hats off, man. Hats off. That's yeah. uh, that's good going. That really but is it's good. Just going. like I say, my, my main concern is my sugar level. So uh, I'll, I'll get there slowly. I'll get there. You definitely will. Uh, have a look at that. I'm going to send you on a link. To, I'll send you on the the best link that I found in terms of information. Okay. See see what you make of it. Uh, the main thing that I found about it was. I fully expect it to be borderline insane, certainly incredibly grouchy, weak, um, irritable, like I say, sort of listless. But I was just, I had completely normal energy levels. I did exercise every day. It was weird. It was weird. It was a really weird thing. Well, so, well if you have a glass of water, I mean, I have, a, I have four, four bottles of water for a day, 500 ml, basically. Uh, yeah. And I tend to drink them in one go, and they do fill you up. Yeah, I'd be a bit like that as well. I, I do big chunks, uh, at least two liters a day, but I'll, I'll, I could often have one at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I do. I do my two liters, but I split it into four, four throughout the day. I wake up, have a glass, then I'll have one just before midday, then I'll start my meal, then I'll have one in mid afternoon, and then I'll have a glass with my evening meal. And that's me for, for, for uh, you know, two litres of water done without feeling like I've gone OTT about having to have water all of the day. This lockdown has helped me in so many ways. It's, it's mad. Can, can, can I ask you that normally in, in my line of work? Can, can I ask, this is a very, very important question, and it is a bit of a deal breaker, I'm afraid. Can you have tea? Um, you, can, you, you can, oh, can. oh, sorry, can, are you asking Cam? So, no, you for your for your fasting thing. I you, you were allowed to have uh, black coffee or black tea. Oh, so the, the 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 lack of milk might sicken it for you. Yeah, the, uh, what happens uh, is if the, if the body detects the milk, it goes out of fast. Mode. Yeah, and I've I've heard on several podcasts back when I used to listen to Joe Rogan before I realised he was probably a CIA shill. Uh, I did hear him saying that you can't really uh even have coffee because it does trigger enzymes um, yeah because it's because it's a stimulant isn't it well? yeah 
So it's, it's, you want. strictly speaking, you shouldn't even be doing coffee if you're doing, you know, as a fast. But I would, I would do, I'd be very like you, Cam. I wouldn't start eating until half 12 normally. And I, I would include a big coffee in the morning in that. So maybe I'm just completely wasting my time. Yeah, if you, you are. Listen, you if you are. to listen to Big Joe. But I, I, I also don't believe that and i've been almost the same weight for about four years do you know what i mean so okay. uh i'd imagine i'd imagine there's definitely something to what i'm doing as well you know but anyway well, I'm, anyway I'm, I'm going to two cheat days now because I've, I'm, I'm, i don't want to lose any more weight no no, so, no, no, no. Uh, you know 72 and a half kilos is now too light for me as it is i'm, I'm below 11 and a half and 11 and a half was where i really wanted to be stones that is so, do, you, do you do do you do any weight training? Well, not during lockdown. No, I've got no. I, I don't really have the weights. So I've got a couple of dumbbells and a, well, a twenty kg kettlebell, so I do a little bit with them. You should um, do, and and even just even body resistance stuff because yeah, that's that, what I that, do. Yeah. That'll that'll balance out your um your weight loss with with a bit of muscle gain. You know what I mean? And yeah. and it's 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 simple enough. You know, if you press ups, if you, you know, uh, if you if you can do if you can do um pull ups, fantastic. Yeah, you I know. can't do pull ups anyway. I've got nowhere to do pull ups, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, the house is already on the verge of falling down. I don't need to risk uh, <laughs> it down further. That's the last thing. That's the last thing you and Mrs. B need now is for your. I, I do. Uh, I do a two-minute plank every day. Oh, man, I've I've been following this plank work of yours. It's outstanding. Fair play. Uh, well, well, I actually, actually run out of that program, so now I just do two minutes, uh, which I think I'm about uh, day sixty or something. I'm on now. Of that. I think I could do two. I could do two-minute plank. So the, the, it actually never gets easier. That's the strange thing about it. Yeah. You, are, you are still blowing out your arse after 45 seconds. You, 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 you just shake less at the end. And, yeah. and now at the yeah. end of it, I can just stand up rather than having to collapse and then stand up gingerly. I can actually just sort of like, you know, shoot my legs yeah. up and stand up now rather than just sort of like, you know, look like a, a, a um, an oxygen-starved octopus on the floor wriggling before something finally gets hold of gravity and hoists me up. <laughs> you know, I can actually get up normally now, so that's something. Yeah, I, I, I have many things I want to talk to you about if we get time after our uh, football interlude, um, mask related and stories like that. But I'm going to start with um, yourself, Carl, here, because I know you've got a quote and it's going to lead us into a chat about something we all uh, have been thinking and watching lately. Well, I've been doing, um, for, for, uh, I, I write a column elsewhere and I'm writing about the, the German football at the moment. Um, for, I don't know when it's going to come out, but my article, my article's going to be out on Wednesday. Um, and I, I picked, a, I say I picked a side that's someone I've always been interested in, but never got around to have a look at them. Uh, which is, I'm going to pronounce them in the English way, not the Paul Dempsey way from yesterday. Uh, Union Berlin or Union Berliner, as he kept saying yesterday in folk German accent. Um, and it, it's interesting. One thing I really am um, interested about German football is is one or two people aside, all the clubs are all right. It's very very difficult to really dislike a German side. Whereas Spain, not a problem. It's Italy, <laughs> not a problem. Um, and the problem with English football, it tends to be the other way around. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, try and find a decent set of lads. Yeah, who, who haven't annoyed me in the last fifty years? Yeah. Um, everyone's pretty much annoyed me. But um, I found this quote about, um, so basically the, the, the two teams that most people don't like in Germany, as you can imagine, will be Bayern Munich. And uh, and the other one is RB Leipzig. 
And um, I got talking to um, uh, the, the journalist Chris Williams about this, who's been very helpful to me. Uh, but I found I found this quote on Wikipedia about um, uh, Union Berlin uh, and Leipzig, because obviously they used to be both in the, the East German league. They're both in you know east of the, the wall as it was at the time. And uh, yeah, this is in my article, but I just love this quote. This is actually what they. The, the Union Berlin's Berlin fans said about RB Leipzig. By the way, they don't ever call them Red Bull because they don't want Red Bull to get any any mention whatsoever. Um, it's this. Um, Leipzig are a marketing product pushed by financial interests with uh, by um, with by brainwashed consumers in the stands. We can have some of that. That, that that's a proper fan base. That, wow, that's too that, funny. Yeah. That that's just brilliant. And what, what I really like as well is uh, again, I got talking to Chris about this, and he sent me a poster which he translated from when Dortmund played Leipzig, and it just said um, uh, "tin can tosses," which is, <laughs> which is fantastic. I think you've mentioned that before, you know. No, no, I only, only found that out uh, yesterday. And yeah. also, you know where they've got um, at at, um, at Dortmund's ground, they've got like a big scoreboard thing, and they put both club logos up on the um, uh, on, on the thing there um, on the scoreboard they don't do it for Leipzig they just write the names out instead and they use them by their proper name which is Rassen Sport Leipzig or something I've got that written down somewhere but that, it's something like that anyway um, they absolutely refuse to use their entire um, the, the, the words Red Bull so they take the logos off the screen and just put it down I'll, I'll put up on Instagram the, the picture that Chris sent me um and so, so this week I've been learning a lot about German football. Obviously, I knew a bit anyway. Um, and what's really strange to me is that the nation's capital, as it now is, um, very light on the ground with Bundesliga champions. Hertha, Hertha, Hertha have been national champions twice. And the last one was 1931. Not one of things since in Berlin. Wow. I mean, having no... One of the problems they've had, obviously, is one day in 1961, half their fan base disappeared behind the wall, as you can imagine. That could, that could get on your nerves a bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I've been reading up on German football at the moment. And because uh, the German football's been on, um, I'm really not buying this. You know, oh, it's it's soulless, blah, 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 etc. It's, it's it's football. And I really enjoyed the fact that even the dull games are really good, uh, including, you know, the team I, you know, support, in inverted commas, um, against Bayern Munich yesterday. I think it's been really good. I really enjoyed the football coming back. Did you get a look at it, Cam, any of it? I I started watching um, the Dortmund game, and it just felt odd to me. I, I just couldn't get with it. It felt like a, a really important training session. I, I said it sounds like um, a really top-level five-a-side game in a leisure centre. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's got yeah. that sort of importance, but yeah. there's no noise to go with it. Yeah, the, the the lack of fans really did have an impact for me, and I because it wasn't then Liverpool playing, I I really quickly lost interest with the game because I just couldn't get with it. I mean, and it was an important game, the the Dortmund Schalke game, because it's the local derby, and you know, and it it, it, it the, the lack of fans really did take away the whole element, the whole sport of it for me. I mean, I'm one of these people, I I really only like watching Liverpool. You know, I'm Liverpool can play the worst football ever and I will think it's the greatest match ever because I'm so 
intent on what Liverpool are doing and how they're playing and what they're trying to achieve, and you know, with their little passages of play or whatever. But when I'm watching other teams play, I don't get that buzz anymore, like I used to. I really I get that. don't. I, I mean, get that. I, I think you know, yeah, maybe it's me just getting old and cynical and uh, whatever you want to say. But I just, I just couldn't get with the game. So what I did was I switched over to the Leipzig game, uh, thinking, okay, let's try and watch. Leipzig, maybe I'll get a bit interested because Timo Werner's playing and obviously we've been heavily linked with him or he, he's trying to link himself with us heavily in his, you know, roundabout way. Maybe I'll get a bit, you know, bit of a buzz from this game. Nothing. Just couldn't, just couldn't get it. Just couldn't get with that, it. That was quite a dull game though. I had a look at that as well for the same yeah. reason. And obviously and I, I Leipzig to lose, but. Yeah, um. I just, I just switched it off. I just switched it off and started. I went back to Netflix. Mm, I, I, to be honest, um, I kind of had a feeling as it was getting closer and closer when my excitement levels weren't even going up a, a notch that I probably, as as I suspected, wasn't going to be arsed. Uh, as it happens, I was doing a lot of work and I came in pretty tired when the Eintracht Frankfurt Mönchengladbach game was on Saturday evening. Uh, I watched that. Um, and now I say watched in inverted commas I found it dull as dishwater uh, and it is odd the atmosphere thing is odd but it brings me to a question that I want to uh, hop off you because it's being heavily discussed and I've heard a few people um, in comparatively powerful positions talking about how it must actually happen and that is the concept of uh, crowd noise piped music uh a coordinated sound effects uh they're talking very very seriously about doing this in american sports events um and the guy who was holding forth on it was being very um po-faced and saying well obviously whoever the technician who's in charge of this is going to have to be really on their game and going to have to judge the button that they press for the reaction that they choose based on what they see in front of them. And he was trying to sell this as some sort of interactive experience and this guy is some sort of a magician. And I just found it entirely soulless. Now, I have to say, the only thing that would have made that worse for me um, in terms of, uh, you know, the, 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 the sort of soullessness of it uh, with the empty stadium would be artificial or artificially enhanced stadium noise. So I wanted to hop that off both of you. Carl, where would you stand on that particular idea? Um, well, if I can, if, if they lead me to do the, the songs, I'll be up for that. I mean, John Arnold has been retired for many years now, but I'm still happy to sing about him um, and my views of him. Uh, I think that'll go <laughs> right down really well. You know, Cologne against Borussia Mönchengladbach with a bit fuck off Reese in the background. <laughs> that would go down quite well. Um, that, my question to that would be, would, uh, would be, have you seen the first season of MASH? Uh, it's, yes. famous, it's famous for having canned laughter, and I've never seen more than an episode. It's just yeah. unbearable. Yeah, well, I, there you go. I, I just I couldn't do it, honestly. I'd, I'd rather I, – I, I don't mind the shouts on the bench. I quite like that. And also, there's nothing wrong – well, I think we, you know, we, we'd all agree with this. One of the greatest things in football, if you're playing it because you can't hear it in the game, is the noise a ball makes when it hits a net. The – yeah. comes down the net. It's one yeah. of the most beautiful sounds ever. And there was one of those in the Mainz game yesterday. So, you know, I'm not taking any criticism of, the, uh, of it being quiet. I, I no, just I, not myself. 
Yeah, I, 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 I actually, there, Cam said earlier on, there's some weird things about this lockdown thing that have actually been positive. And if there is a positive thing uh, to be gleaned from the way that football is, is going forward now, it is absolutely that. I saw someone earlier on saying how wonderful it was to be able to hear fellas mumbling shysa to themselves after they've misplaced <laughs> yeah. a pass or something. Uh, I mean, and this is this is the kind of stuff. And, and you are, we are likely to get... Um, some wonderful little insights and hear fellas saying stuff that you would never normally hear because of the of the loudness of the crowd. Um, so there will be little moments like that. I, that's a good analogy. just say something on that? Well, I was, I'm coming straight to you, Cam. On this. Right. It is a good analogy that Carl makes. It was the one that occurred to me as well, the idea of canned laughter with this artificial stadium sound. I mean, where do you stand on that? Um, until I hear it, um, sat at home, you know, having it pumped through my TV, I'm, I don't really know what it's going to be like. I don't know if I can still relate to it because you're still looking at an empty stadium. So the visuals don't work with the sound effect then. Yeah. So that, that, Fuck off, so might, Fuck off, might, Fuck so off <laughs> Every Liverpool game, that's all you hear. So, um, <laughs> but what I was going to say to Carl's point about the ball hitting the net and that sound. I, I've got a counter one to that. Last year, the um, the Chelsea game at home, we were winning 1-0. We just scored. And the crowd was as loud as it had been during that game. And then suddenly Salah gets the ball and the ball hits the back of the net and you hear it. I heard that as well, yeah. And I was, I was in the uh, main stands, yeah. The, you hear it above the crowd noise still. Yeah. And that was magical because you yeah. got crowd noise and the ball hitting the back of the net and that's mm. something that makes the hairs on the back of your net go Oof, that was electric so, there, there, are, there are little moments like that you remember um, John Flanagan's only goal against Tottenham in the 5-0 that's in right, uh, yeah. 2013 obviously it goes in off it goes in and off the bar but the fact that it had been raining and it looked like it, it's like the, the the rain all came off the crossbar the rain landed the at the same time up. It went yeah. up and then came down. It went, it went up and then landed, yeah, on the, on in uniformly across the goal line. Yeah, tell you what, if anyone's got a paintbrush, that there is art. That really is, is art, yeah, yeah. Th- those little moments are obviously fantastic. But I mean, look in the in the bigger scheme of things, we are sort of l- lurching towards something uh, approaching a conclusion with the Premier League, and um, whether it's to be played out or whatever, who knows? Because honestly, as an Irishman looking across the water at what's happening in England, it's, uh, look, let's just say it seems remarkably uh, untethered. Um, the, the the plan, if there is one, to me seems at best um, to be sort of difficult to determine. Um, you know, I was going to, we were, we were going to do a show last week and I think, you know, between everybody being sort of bad form or busy or whatever, we didn't do it. Um, I was going to open up last week's show with that Matt Lucas summary of, uh, <laughs> yeah. your, your glorious leader's, um, speech, which was so spot on, you know, it was so spot on. Is he, yeah. is he, is he on furlough? No. He's disappeared, eh? He's just completely disappeared. So, uh, hey, 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 steady now. We don't want to lose our last Tory listener. Relax, relax. Oh, hi. <laughs> pull, pull the next in. No, um, no, no, if, if, if a Tory listener is still listening, that's because he, he's got doubts. Or hey, she's got doubts. It means that he's got, he or she's got taste because they're listening to us. Can we just leave it at no, that? Cool. 
Turns out a bollocking off someone. <laughs> I just, I, I, I can see the way this goes. We, we get three or four sentences deep, and next thing, Cam is calling everyone a fucking prick. You know, uh, it's just. How was, it that, was that the last film where Cam was in a good mood and everyone was a cunt by the end of it? Yeah, it's it's only a matter of time. <laughs> it's it's only a matter of time before it goes all quiet and Cam goes. Can I just say something to yeah. all you toss pots out there? <laughs> and, and, and then he, you can tell that Cam is now standing up. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, oh, he, Carl, Carl, he is he is orating. He is orating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throwing I'm, throwing a I'm, robe over his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, pacing. Absolutely. I'm pacing right now. Fuck, the, the well, toga, I hope he's my oh. The toga is perched over the left arm and he is bestowing knowledge upon a grateful public. From a fucking scroll as well. You know he's got a scroll. <laughs> To all, you, to all you, to all you, a crown of mine. That roll. Where are those laurel leaves? Laurel, laurel, laurel wreath. Yeah. Laurel, 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 laurel wreath. Yeah. Reef, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one. Yes. That's the one. That's the one. That's yeah. The one. Uh, that's the, there's there's our theme for the uh, for the party if it ever does happen in real life. <laughs> what toga party? That takes too much. To- toga party. Yeah. <laughs> last last last. Last days of Rome party. That's what I'm. I'm bang into that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the long, long-winded way of of getting back to the point was, you know, I'm looking at the plan in inverted commas, and football is kind of very much mirroring it. But we have today a statement from the Premier League um, after their latest meeting, um, and they voted unanimously to return to small group training from tomorrow afternoon. This is, of course, the first step to restarting the Premier League when it's safe to do so. That's very much the tag on each time. Step one of the returning to training protocol enables squads to train while maintaining social distancing. How that works is uh, a good, as good a guess as, as, no as any. Contact training is not yet permitted, yeah, it says no here. The first stage has been agreed in consultation with players, management, Premier League doctors, independent experts, and the government. Strict medical protocols of the highest standard will ensure that everyone returns to training in the safest environment possible. And goes on to talk about health and well-being being being priority. Now, um, that is what it is, and I guess it'll be nice for people to get to see each other and to have a feel of returning to work in some fashion. And uh, our own gaffer uh, is enthused by the concept uh, he's quoted as saying, uh, I miss the boys the most because we created a group there. Uh, we have a really good relationship because we became friends over the last four and a half years. So we see each other often in Zoom or whatever, but it's still not the same. So just going back to Melwood to do the things we normally do is something I really miss, uh, to be honest. Um, and that I guess will be the sentiments that everybody has. Uh, and I, I think we can all, um, be enthused about it. Now, look, I don't want to get into the greater debate because we're three lads, um, on a podcast. We're not going to solve anything. And, you know, I don't know. It depends, I suppose, on where you're getting your, your feedback from the public from. I would base a lot of my thoughts on what people on Twitter are saying. And then I remind myself that it's obviously very much a sort of a very specific kind of a group that is going to be uh, giving me the feedback. And there's a lot of fear out there in the people, um, that I would hear opining. Um, and you've, oh, we've already heard that there's a certain amount of fear among certain, professionals who've voiced that as well 
the club have apparently um, told the players that their families are uh, free to uh, get as many tests as they want as well, to put their minds at ease about, you know, uh, being responsible for um, anything that might happen to them. So, look, it's 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 a slow, um, gradual thing. It may or may not happen in the fullness of time. We'll have to keep an eye on Germany. We'll have to keep an eye on everywhere else. How 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 you? What's your feelings about the way that the plan is being approached, Carl? Do you re- reckon at least that is is something uh, sensible and organised, or do, do, are you are you wary of it? What what worries me more than anything is the fact that in the last week the nation have decided that if this thing's over, and um, because the death rate has dropped slightly, but of course, uh, but the the amount of people who are affected is still rising. And I, to be honest, I mean, I can see the distance of football because they. They, they're getting tested all the time and you know if you haven't got it and the people they're, they're with haven't got it then I, there shouldn't be a problem with that um not to go into the wider aspect but um just to say that if i had a kid who was five years old they wouldn't be going back to school in june um and uh i think i'm still a bit concerned that this is a bit soon yeah I, 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 god help us if what if one footballer gets you know uh, what about that poor lad in italy apparently he's got it four times <laughs> which i don't quite understand Mr. yeah the, that, that, that 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 Paolo Dibola story is incredible, yeah. uh, and and honestly, honestly, I think it feeds into an awful lot of. Um, I look at the the lack of knowledge that people have about what is actually happening with this thing, and I I, I totally get what you're saying. I think most people would be of the same of the same mind. I mean, whereas what I don't like though, and come on, I just hop this one off you. What I don't like is seeing people being shamed for expressing excitement about the possibility of football returning. It just seems particularly nanny state, and it seems particularly uh, fear based when you see people who are coming out and, you know, sort of talking about you know dying and death and and just because you want to see a few guys kicking a football around oh that prick in the fucking man city news oh that, that's i'm not even going to mention his name uh, he's, he's, it. he's been mentioned to me uh, by my man city supporting mate al a couple of times as a great lad and when i saw that one i'm gonna have to have words with al because he deleted the tweet i went to town on that and i honestly thought he blocked me because i called him everywhere that twitter will let me call call him that's just a, a pure twat of a thing to say. But I'm not talking yeah. about that. I'm talking about people within our own fan base, Cam. I've seen them and, you know, they're, they're this has done a number on them and they're, 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 they're remarkably uh, traumatized by all of this. And um, as a result, our, you know, the predominant reaction they have to everything is fearful and, 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 and cautious. And, and listen, you know, nobody's judging anyone here. You, everybody's dealing with this in their own way. Um, but I don't like seeing that because it's okay to be excited about the potential of return to football, surely. I mean, it, it, people are trying to do this the best way they can, but it's already been politicized, like everything else to do with this COVID shit. It's been politicized and people are saying, you know, oh, well, they, they, the money men just want the poor, you know, uh, workers to go back to work and and, and uh, it's all about the money, blah, blah, blah. And of course there are financial realities, but are we not allowed to get any joy from the possibility of seeing the Reds actually winning the the, the the league on the park. I mean, I'm not going to say anything other than I'd be really excited because like you, I don't give a shit about anyone else playing football. Couldn't give a toss about German football. Just want to see the Reds win. When it's safe to do so. And that's the, the biggest caveat with everything. I want I want to see 
the Premier League start. I don't want to see anybody get hurt because the Premier League started too soon. I'm excited at the thought. I'm really excited at the thought of, yes, the players will be going back to training tomorrow in a very controlled environment, in a very, very, you know, they've got all the doctors and they've got all the, the medical support that they could need. Um, that's, that's a positive, positive step. And if that brings people like myself and like you and like Carl and Guy and any of our listeners and any of the, you know, the wider f- football fan base, some, some pleasure in what is dark, dark times. These are dark times that we are in right now. If that brings us a little bit of light and a little bit of pleasure, then let's, let's, let us allow us that little bit of pleasure. But I'm not going to advocate that football starts on June the 12th or June the 19th or June the 26th or May the 21st or August the 18th. I, I, I have no qualms about even if this season is not started till January the 1st. No qualms whatsoever. I agree completely with that. It's all about when it's the right time to do it. And uh, we I had an email today from the school because my 11-year-old is in year six, wanting to know if he's going back. I asked the question to Mrs. B, is he going back? And it's a, it's a straight no. We, I, I, I can't, you know, as a parent, I can't put my child at risk. And, and, and if a football feels that he can't go out and play football because he feels it's a risk, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have a go at that footballer. They're humans at the end of the day. They've got feelings. They've got families. And if they don't feel comfortable having to go and play, but then at the same token, Mrs. B had to go to work. She had to go and work in the supermarket on, on on the tills where she works with no with no protective gear. Yeah. But footballers are, are more are, are going to be probably safer than anybody because of the medical resources around them. So let's not be too critical of of wanting football to be played again. Let's just you know let it take its let it take its course, whatever that course is, however long that course takes. It could be a slow trickle. It could be a tidal wave. However it happens, it will happen. Yeah, I, I guess the problem is there, and you've you've mentioned the school situation. Obviously, that's very close to my heart as a teacher, so I'm very, very um, cognizant of the whole thing. In fact, I'm in the middle of it on a daily basis trying to deal with kids who have had their final exams scrapped um, and finding myself in the unenviable position placed there by my government of assessing those students um, for their final exams. Um, So there are all sorts of... Sorry, sorry, Trevor. I'd also say that if I had kids, then they would go back the same day that Eaton goes back. Which is September. Yes. Yeah, well, that's that's basically. But right there again, you're putting your your finger on the point: is that it is a political football, and you know, I just it's it's too easy for people to get. It's a very emotive subject, and you know, you're going to do what's right for you. And un, no, unfortunately, 
nobody believes what they don't want to believe. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know if that made sense. People only I, think, believe. I think what it is, Trev, there's no right answer. Well, whether there is or not, people are going to believe what they want to believe. And exactly. if, they, if they've if they've decided X, Y, or Z, then that will override everything and their, 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 the safety of themselves. And for example, I, I heard a discussion today about, um, uh, I saw it all week, about English teachers being, they're being vilified for not wanting to go back to work and their yeah. unions are being vilified for standing up for their rights. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you were to look at it, and Cam, I absolutely take the point you were talking about with your nepper, absolutely. But if you are to look at it, theoretically at least the vast majority of kids have been comparatively untouched by this right whereas it's the people who are in the teacher's age bracket who are likely to be the ones who might be uh in danger so i mean why shouldn't they those unions look after their their uh, their members it makes perfect sense that someone should look out for them nobody's looking out for us over here i'll tell you that we've been put in that stupid position i just told you about a few minutes ago it's absolutely ridiculous and exposing situation um and i'm if i'm if i if we were encouraged to go back to work i personally because i'm not I'm, I'm okay with this and I have my own mindset about what, what way things are. I would go back, but you know, that's not everybody's decision and, and you, that's it. People will make their own choices. So no matter what way it goes, it's going to be sort of half arsed. That's what I fear about this return to football in England. Will it be half arsed? Will you have, you know, X, Y, and Z from certain squads saying, yeah, this isn't for me. And that could be a very real possibility. Yeah, I, 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 to be honest, I don't think I'd go to the game. If, if Liverpool played tomorrow and I had a ticket, I wouldn't go. Yeah, well, there you go. That's a perfect, and that's yeah. that's you. Ba- that's you making a decision based on yeah. your take on what you've heard so far, and everyone will do that. Everyone will well, do that. Also, so. because I've, I've lost people as well, and and that makes it more. I'm not saying that makes me more important than anyone else. More of a case of um, you always think like you know, it, this happens to other people. It, it doesn't. Well, that's it. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And, I, you know, I, I don't I, I would imagine an awful lot of people have at least some tangential connection to someone who's who's uh, had a very, very bad experience or, or, or worse still, perhaps past. So, it, like, I mean, this is that's it's, it's having a very traumatizing effect on a, on a, on a population. And it's going to it's going gonna, it's gonna to play out the way it plays out. I mean, we've already seen, by the way, interestingly enough, I don't know what this says, really, but the FA released a statement today um, about the 2019-20 Women's Super League season, um, saying they'd been in regular consultation with clubs and key stakeholders from the Barclays FA Women's Super League and the FA Women's Championship. Um, our primary concern has always been welfare, blah, blah, blah. Every possible scenario has been meticulously analyzed and evaluated in order to find a solution to meet the unique demands of the women's game. This includes a detailed examination of the financial, logistical and operational challenges that we faced during the pandemic. Although we understand that it will not be possible to find a solution that will work for every club and every player, it's our duty to help support the clubs through these unprecedented times. Now, here's the thing. What they basically get towards here at the end is following an assessment of the protocols required to return to football and feedback from the clubs, which is crucial to any decision making progress process. Excuse me. It is clear that there will be significant challenges in completing the 2019-20 season. We are continuing to consult with the clubs and basically they're looking at the concept of the real possibility of scrapping it. Um, and that, 
and we saw today Celtic named champions, didn't we, in Scotland. They basically scrapped their league. One team got relegated. God, forgive me, I can't remember who it was. Celtic were named champions, and that's done. And there's a very real possibility that if this training camp stuff doesn't go well, if there's a couple of cases, that that could happen in England too, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the fear. If uh, something happens within the training camp and play, a player or a couple of players end up contracting the virus, then you could see the the Premier League saying maybe, you know, we, we, we've jumped the gun a bit here. But I think in Germany they had one of the teams, funny enough, they were in the relegation zone, suddenly claimed that three or four of their players had contracted it, but they still went ahead in Germany. But then Germany are handling it slightly differently overall. Um, the whole, the whole. But you see, you, you, you see what I mean about me being confused about the mixed messages coming from your side of the pond. Because, like in that statement I was just reading for about the the the, the women's game, uh, basically the last sentence there that I should have finished was: "We are continuing to consult with the clubs on the possibility of terminating the 2019-20 season, and in the event that it's decided that this appears to be the only way, realistic way forward to seek the views and the most appropriate sporting outcome." So, in other words, there you go. They're looking at wrapping it up. We've seen it wrap up in Scotland, and yet the Premier League thing must roll on and it can't be anything other than the money, can it? Yeah, yeah I, I was just about to say exactly the same thing. Um, that That's all it can come down to because uh, you've, you've seen the reports possibly that the TV companies are going to want is it 380 million return to them regardless yeah. of what happens? Yeah. yeah, But that doesn't really make sense to me. Why? I mean, Mo Tracker is the, the guy who can shed light on this better. But if the games are going to still be televised, then they're getting the television figures in. But I guess it's the way the games w- would have been over what period of time and uh, due to sponsorship with various other things. that Because obviously they've had to suspend um, uh, subscription fees for Sky and BT, haven't they? Uh, so they've lost money that side. So I think that's their argument there. It, it's it Ultimately... Yeah, money does dictate. You touched on it earlier when you said it's about the poor workers having to get back to kickstart the economy. Um, There's there's so many arguments why we should continue. There's so many arguments why we shouldn't. But if we if we're not if if you're going to say that obviously last week here in the UK certain restrictions were lifted people, certain uh, sectors of work were encouraged to go back to work if it was safe to do so, if they couldn't work from home, well, surely that same rule then applies to sport. You can't play sport in your home. You can only play sport in your sporting environment, so you need to go to work. So why should the rules then be different for sporting people who have access, you know, go back to it, all the medical resources that your normal man on the street does not, yet he's been told to go back to work if he can work. It, it is a mixed message in that respect. You know, there's a, the guidance coming out of the government is a little bit haphazard. I don't envy the government because nobody knows what is the correct way of dealing with what we're dealing with. Right now, it seems like a shit show. Because and, and that's the thing, isn't it? There's no definite thing about it. Go back to work, but don't get the tube. Don't get a bus. If you can drive, then you can. But if there's more of you, then 
Oh, you know, and, and this whole keep thing your is, windows keep your windows open, share a car, and <laughs> look, don't look at each other. You know, I mean, it's. Um, my favourite was uh, someone said on Twitter, it was a really good thing. If I'm in the park with my mum and someone I know comes over and says hello for a chat, do I have to send my mum home? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the levels of absurdity here. And I think that's where, that's, that's where you want to see people having a little a little modicum of, of, of common sense. And I know yeah. common sense is a term that got abused by certain members of, of the government there recently. Uh, uh, and it got, I mean, we saw stupid shit, like people being vilified for taking public transport, um, depending on what corner of the media it's from. Look at all these fucking fools, you know, crammed in. What are they doing? And they're not even wearing masks because now we're apparently masks are great. Um, but they weren't a few weeks ago and you can find for every scientist you'll tell you who'll tell you it's it's a great thing there'll be another guy who, who will tell you very logically and and and, and uh, evenly that it's not so great and i've heard you know i mean it's 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 like everything here it's everything's up for grabs that's that phrase up for grabs kept coming up during the week when i was reading things and um it, it unsettled me i was reading people in positions of of power talking about everything being up for grabs which i don't like to, thinking about a first certain uh, for for several reasons but it's one of them brian moore by any chance was one of them who brian moore uh it wasn't no no it wasn't. if anyone doesn't get it doesn't get that reference it's what he said where michael thomas stormed through against he liverpool did. in 1989 it's up for grabs now I will never forget it i it's it it, 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 may, it remains one of the low points of my life i have to say i mean does a great brian moore impression he does it every now and just throws in it's in there <laughs> no reason whatsoever. And, and that growl he always has before he says the word Steve Bruce. Ah, Steve Bruce now. <laughs> do, do a little growl all the time. To me, I'm trying, I'm trying to clear things up, Trev. That's what I'm doing here. Uh, no, to, to me, he was the he was the the, the absolute maestro. The yeah, the absolute maestro. I love him. I I, th- I think he's the be- he remains the best. For me. He's Downy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's tremendous. Uh, I, I, we're, we're, we're getting towards that part of the show where we move away from football. Um, I do want to mention one thing before we finish with it. Uh, just to mention the, the sad loss of Jacques Crevoisier, who was, uh, Jared Houllier's, um, um, backroom man there for a long time, um, uh, with, uh, Liverpool. Um, nice tribute from Phil Thompson on the official website today. Uh, and he's a name that an awful lot of us will associate with a nice period and a sort of revival period for the club. Um, when there were a lot of pots won under Gerard Houllier. And I think of that particular area affectionately. And therefore, obviously, um, when I heard Jacques Crevoisier's name, I think, I think of good things too. So, um, just to mention his passing today at the tender age of 72, um, it was, it was just uh, worthy, I think, of a mention. And we are, like I say, in that last section of the show, um, where we look at things to maybe lift the spirits a bit. And I want to say I was watching the last dance, which is the Michael Jordan um, um, basketball documentary on Netflix. And I really started to go off Netflix. I was looking at the programming and watching it. And it just seems so 
it seemed almost agenda driven. It was bizarre looking at it. And, um, I was finding it hard to find anything that I wanted to watch on it. I was seriously thinking of scrapping my subscription. And then The Last Dance came along. And that is one of the best documentary, sports documentary series, if not the best one that I've ever seen. I don't know if either of you have watched it. You've I've watched. just got the last two. I've got the last two episodes. I've got the last two. Today. I've got the last two to go tonight, and I cannot wait to get to them. Yeah, um, dude, I'll be doing mine tomorrow. Well, I'm, 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 I'm almost a bit gutted. I, I will be when I finish because it's, it's been, it's been a wonderful watch. Phenomenal. Yeah, just just tremendous. So uh, that's just my. Uh, it's not exactly news, but um, just my re- recommendation for anyone if you're looking for something and you don't even necessarily need to be. You certainly don't need to be a basketball fan or expert or have any knowledge about it at all. You don't even really need to be a sports fan. It's incredibly it's gripping. Not, it's not about the basketball. That's what's really good about and, it. And, and yet, Although it is about the basketball. You can really admire the skill and the talent and the, the beauty of, of, of these guys doing what they did so brilliantly, watching someone like Scotty Pippen, watching Rodman and how ridiculously yeah. athletic he was. And obviously Jordan's just like sort of sort of a, a creature from another planet almost um but but it, it's about the drama it's about the stories and it's about the interactions it's it's out, outrageously good i couldn't recommend it enough so i wanted to go to both of you for something to distract people from the darker aspects of what's going on at the moment and give them a little bit of a lift so any suggestions from either of you um i i haven't been watching anything new to be honest um but i've been watching dairy girls again Oh yeah, uh, and, and just because it's come up on my TiVo thing, I've been watching Derry followed by Father Ted followed by Derry Girls followed by Father Ted, and uh, <laughs> and the thing I like about Derry Girls so much is is just the the bullying of Tommy Tiernan in it. That's a fantastic thing. I'm lo- I'm loving the word boke, and I've started oh, it's a great I've started word. using it into. Uh, so there's um uh, if you don't know the series, it's basically about a family who live together uh, with um, uh, the, the granddad, two two um, pair two mothers, I should say. And their their daughter, who are cousins, and uh, the granddad's really got in for Tommy Tin and the dad of the of the main character Erin. And I just love that where he says, um, he says, you know, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just leave? And he says, because this is the very first episode where you don't know who's what. He says, um, Joe, we've we've been married for seventeen years. This isn't a fly by night thing. <laughs> We're in love with each other. He looks really nervous, and then Erin just goes, oh. Boke, really? <laughs> in the background, <laughs> absolutely set me off that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's also brought up the word dickweed, which I really like as well. Boke is uh, puke for those of you who, yeah, are yeah. Uh, and it's around about this time of the evening. I should be addressing you as Cahill, I believe now. Oh God, I knew this was coming. <laughs> you, 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 you're the one who, who tagged me in, man. Yeah, but I got that. <laughs> Couldn't expect me to miss this open goal, Carl. No, what, 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 what that comes from is um, I was talking about. Uh, so obviously, uh, in Berlin now we're uh, playing uh, Bayern Munich last night. So one of the reasons I don't really get on with Bayern Munich is when I was um, staying in um, just outside Nuremberg about ten years ago with a friend of mine. Um, she introduced me to some of her friends, and one of them couldn't just couldn't get on with the fact that my name is Carl with a K. He said, "Surely you are Charles." I went, "No, no, it's Carl. Carl, as you would say, Carl here." He said, oh, you mean with a C? Don't even go there for that. It's definitely <laughs> Carl with a K. He said, ah, oh, but I shall call you Charles because you're English. Don't, don't call me English. Don't call me Charles. <laughs> and and he, it just, he meant well, but it just wouldn't go in at all. Uh, thank, so thank, I, thank I, I ended up having to blank him for the rest of the night when he said Charles. 
thank you for the show title don't call me charles is the show title. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fantastic don't call me charles that's 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 so on the money for us uh I remember, I remember also that he looked a bit like barney rubble yeah he had like a roll neck jumper with the word hot stuff on it and i was dying to ask him well, how can you justify you wearing the word hot stuff <laughs> I mean, you basically look like Barney Rubble. Like, tons of blonde hair with a very, very red, almost like a sunburnt pig of a face. Yeah, but is that one of those things where, you know, people for for whom English is not their first language and they just see these catchphrases that they think sound cool? Yeah. Like, you know... There was there was there was this trend in the nineties of 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 we'd have like in in TCD we'd have all these foreign students coming in and they'd be wearing things that just said like hey like it just said like uh, Los Angeles forty seven or something or just do you know just just a name or a catchphrase or something yeah. and you just thought oh lads you're not really <laughs> you're not really getting it at all but, I don't know, uh, on a low Liverpool forum. Which had many many people from the Far East, and his username was Carlsberg. Like, oh, oh, oh God, no! Oh no! <laughs> oh man, what about you, uh, Cam? Anything that you could recommend apart from the Sorry, uh, basketball? No, just uh, add it to my contacts, Charles. Cam is very similar as well. Are you sure you're not sort of Cam is in the English version of Charles? Oh, actually, you didn't finish the whole Carl set the, the, the thing there. So you were oh, going. Sorry, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I, so I mentioned that on Twitter last night, and uh, and one of my followers said I prefer the um, the Irish version of that, which is is it is it Cathal? How do you pronounce that? It's, it's pronounced Carl. 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 Okay, because of course um, Chas Smith from uh, Madness, he calls himself by that name. That what you've just said there, he calls himself that name now. Oh, does he? Yeah. yeah. So Chas Chas Smash as he was it when he was in Madness, calls himself that. Is he name. Irish? Uh, is he Irish? Family? No, 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 North London, but family. Okay. I think, I think, you know, because Camden's pretty Irish, isn't it? So. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, well, if you, and by the way, if, if it was, um, if you were in Derry, it'd be Cal. So, uh, yeah, well, either way, you're not having it. Um, Cam, what about you with a recommendation? Um, program on Netflix, uh, don't watch it with the kids, Hollywood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you mention this before, or was it somebody else who mentioned it to me? I may have mentioned it before. Um, I I finished it uh, beginning of last week, I think. Um, It's it's only seven episodes, I think. But it it was good. It was enjoyable. It was really enjoyable, and it it touches on a lot of uh, different subjects. So that's what made it really engaging. But like I say, it's a bit um, X-rated in places. So um, definitely Yeah, it's kind of like this... The, the the seedy underbelly type thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's um, there's yeah, very much so. There's there's prostitution, there's homosexuality, there's uh, uh, bribery. You know, not bribery as such, but it's just uh, risque in the way they've done it. And um, there's a there's um, there's the racist element in there as well, being Hollywood and uh, being the 1930s or whenever it was. I think it was around the 1930s. It was supposed to be. So twenties uh, or thirties, um, with like loose sexual stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, you really want to think about what you're doing there, Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood. yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's there for everyone to watch. Yeah, oh, he, he's going to be watching it. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, this is where if I thought about this, I'd, I'd make the Netflix noise come up in the background. <laughs> 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 
you see, that's exactly where we can do some high production values. <laughs> Guy. <laughs> I think you can't blame Guy for that one. We just need it. We just need a savage budget. We can make such un- unbelievable stuff. We should start wrapping it up. We said we'd finish. Can, we go, can I tell you a happy social media story? Oh, please do, man. Yeah. So um, yesterday I gave a talk. I've been doing it. I, I had some talks on Zoom uh, based on true crime. I did the Jack the Ripper one, which, of course, is my main area of focus. And I did one on the uh, Reginald Christie murders at 10 Rillington Place uh, last night. Um, I, uh, obviously, I do a lot of walking. I do my 10,000 steps and what have you. So I've been looking at podcasts where I can um, pick up some stuff I didn't know about the case. I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm pretty well versed in it. And I came across one called Lady Justice Podcast. And she did three specials on uh, on the life of Christie. And I learned so much. So I... Followed it on Instagram and I messaged and said, just to let you know that I really know my Wellington Place stuff, but that your podcasts are fantastic. And how nice is this? She's going to be a guest on my Sherlock pod. And uh, she came on to listen to my talk last night. Oh, brilliant. That was literally within like five days. I love all that. I love and all that's that. And I, that's good. Absolutely. It absolutely can. It absolutely can. I, I think it's. Um, I yeah, sorry, man, you dropped out there. What did you say? Oh, I thought you called it. You said it absolutely can. I thought you said it absolutely can. And I was going to say, I'm actually Carl, not Charles. I walked all over your joke there, Carl. I'm sorry. Um, what it, wait, let's let's finish, let's let's finish, up, let's finish up. Cam, have you got anything, any last words you want to you want to get in there as well? Um, if you can, stay at home, stay safe, stay alert. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Cal. Stay alert. It still reminds me of the uh, Chief Wiggum shooting at the virus and the Simpsons. Then when the virus is chasing him down the street, he just going out and starts shooting it. Well, well, didn't you see all the the, uh, the Americans uh, in whichever state it was? They stood, the state building or something. They stood there with their, their armed rifles. <laughs> Yeah, it did, yeah. Well, they were ready. They were, they were alert. Thank yeah, because yeah, you can see this thing and sort it out. Just stay alert. That's all. That's, that's, that's all, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 can, can I recommend as well that just try, do have a laugh. Do have a laugh. I, I you know. I had intended that we we this show would end up being a funny one, but we ended up going pretty serious. Uh, we'd lots to talk about, but we will absolutely make a make it our business that the next one will be completely daft and and just funny, um, and it's brilliant. And I, I am leaning so heavily on podcasts like Carl, um, the just stuff to to fill my head with information that's got nothing to do with anything uh corona related and it's really good for you. And I've enjoyed the bejesus out of it. I'm listening to audiobooks. I signed up for an audible um subscription. I've got through two audiobooks in the last two days. Uh and they're about eighteen hours each. So you can just see what I'm doing with my time. And it's fantastic and it just keeps your brain occupied and also uh not thinking about the the nonsense, um, which is the kind of break that everybody deserves, I think. And we should finish up this episode of the Anfield Index podcast with me thanking you, our lovely listeners, for continuing to support us and asking you to spread the word about the show. Um I've been Trev Downey, that was Carl Kopak and Cam Branch. And Guy Drinkle's joining us next week live. Yay, Drinkle.
we've been looking forward to this for a while and Guy's been um, acting shy and now he's going to join us next week. So we will have for 400 and, or sorry, episode, what the hell did I say? 270. It will be a bumper edition, including Young Drinkle, and we'll make a point of it just being crack. So it'll be something to distract you. So keep an eye on that and listen out for it and keep an eye on the, on the feed. We'll get it done before the week's out. Um, yeah, you know what I'm going to say to you. I always do. Uh, just look out for your fellow Reds and do stay safe out there. Podcast Network.